Go ahead and go to Romans chapter 8 again. Romans chapter 8. We're going to kind of pick up where we left off last week in the book of Romans. And last week, the last two weeks, we talked about two weeks ago how we were free from the law. In other words, we're not trying to work our way to heaven. It's not about keeping the law. It's not how well you keep the law that gets you saved. We cannot keep the law. It's not possible. And so then last week, we tried to, I tried to show how uh, the fact that we're free from the law, it doesn't mean that we don't need to worry about the law. It doesn't mean we don't need to obey the Old Testament or have morality or anything like that. What it means, uh, what the Old Testament is for, is so we can know God, we can know what pleases Him, and we can try to do our best to try to, you know, try to honor Him and obey Him because we do, we do love Him. We, we're supposed to do things in the Spirit out of a heart of love. We are not walking in the flesh. We are walking in the Spirit. And it's very easy, even if you've been saved for a long time and you know what the Bible teaches about salvation, it's very easy to get in the flesh, isn't it? All right. If we were all honest, we could probably, some of us could probably tell a few stories about how we got in the flesh this week and it got us in trouble. Some of us could probably, uh, you know, testify how there was a few times this week where maybe we didn't even feel real spiritual. Maybe we didn't even feel very Christian. All right. That happens sometimes when we get in the flesh and, you know, we, and we, when, whenever we start talking about, you know, walking in the spirit, and doing things out of love, because that's that's what a saved person does. A saved person walks in the spirit. Sometimes questions can come to people's mind at, about their salvation because they're not feeling very much like a Christian. You don't have to raise your hand, but there may have been some of you. You may have been there before where you just didn't feel very saved. You weren't feeling real spiritual, and whenever that happens. I'm not telling you to take it lightly and not worry about it. We ought to be concerned about those things. If you're not feeling like a Christian, you need to find out why you're not feeling like a Christian. You know, it's possible maybe you're not a Christian. It's it's true that we need to study the Bible. We need to stay in the Scriptures because that's how we can know that we have eternal life. Um, we talk a lot about the putting on the helmet of salvation. I believe the helmet of salvation is not talking about salvation itself but having assurance of your salvation. That's something you have to put on. You can have assurance of your salvation today and not have it tomorrow if you're not careful. You can't lose your salvation, but you can lose the assurance of your salvation. You can get to where you are wondering if you're saved, and you can get to where you're just not feeling very spiritual if you're not careful. And I want to go through the rest of Romans uh, chapter eight. Uh, I want to pick up where we left off last week to show you a few things in there because you know, many times Christians find themselves in a place where they're doubting their salvation. You know, you'll hear that preaching about walking in the Spirit, doing right because you want to, but you get worried because you don't feel you, know, you feel like you have no desire to do right. And you know, you hear about being filled with the Spirit, you know, but maybe you feel empty. You don't feel like it's there. And the truth is, you cannot walk in the Spirit without being saved. A lost person cannot walk in the Spirit. A lost person can't understand spiritual things. So, you know, if you, if you don't ever feel spiritual, what does that mean? You know, because it can mean that you're not saved, but it doesn't necessarily always mean that. It doesn't necessarily always mean 
that you're not saved. It is possible for a Christian to not be feeling spiritual. But I think in Romans 8, if we look at the rest of this chapter, we can find out why that is. And this is very important. You know, We do need to give ourselves these spiritual checkups. We see in the Bible where we're taught that a man should examine himself. And that is something that I kind of want to do today. And so in verse 14, we'll start reading. It says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I... or I'm in chapter 7. Uh, chapter 8. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I want you to notice what some of the things that it says in here. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Thank God that we don't have to worry about, you know, what if I do something to displease God? Is He going to cast me into hell? We don't have to do that. When we obey God, we're not obeying Him with this fear of, you know, losing our salvation. That's, that's not the case. We're not obeying Him with the fear of losing the love of God. There is none of that. We talked about last week, you know, a marriage that's, you know, about the letter of a law or about a contract where if you violate something, the marriage is over. That creates, that, that's going to create a marriage of fear. A marriage of bondage. That is not a good marriage. And that's why, you know, in marriage, it's for better, for worse. Because it's not always good. There's some bad, there's some bad times that come, but it is so important when you're in those times when it's for worse, that you know that other person's still going to love me, they're still going to stay with me, that means a lot. That helps a lot. That actually produces better behavior in both people and the marriage. And thank God when it comes to our relationship with God that He is committed to us. Even if we sin, okay, it's going to displease Him, but we don't have to fear hell. We don't have to fear being separated from Him. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. We're going to see that. And so, that, that is wonderful that we have that, but we have that spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, we have, a, a, we have that relationship with God. Like he is our, he's our Father. We love Him. We have that closeness to Him. And it says there that you know the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I mean, boy, there's just something you know we you just kind of know. And the closer you are to God, the more you're going to feel that. The more you're going to see that. But you know the truth is, backsliding it can keep you from feeling that way. Okay, we're talking about feelings here. All right. Okay, and. Our salvation should your salvation should not be based on a feeling. A lot of people base it on feelings. And that's dangerous. We're supposed to base it on the word of God. And if you base it on feelings, I'm going to tell you there's going to come days where you're not going to feel like you're saved. You're not going to feel real spiritual and that happens when we backslide from God. When we get away from God, you're not going to feel real spiritual. You're not going to have that closeness. You're not going to feel that close connection. And as a result of that, you, know, you, can, you can lose some of that joy of salvation. You can lose that assurance of your salvation. But thank God we know from the Word of God that you're not going to lose your salvation. But you will feel it. You'll feel like you're losing it. You'll feel like you don't have it. 
And and so that can be a reason, if you're not feeling real spiritual, if you don't feel the desire in your life to do right right now, if you don't feel like walking in the Spirit, if you just don't really care, if you're not interested in obeying the Word of God, if you're not interested in pleasing God, it's very possible just because you're backslidden. That will happen. Those who are lost, they're not worried about those things. But the truth is, saved people who are backslidden from God aren't worried about those things either. And you need, if, if you want to start feeling it again, you've got to draw close to God. The Bible says, draw an eye to God and He will draw an eye to you. You know, if we, whenever we get close to God, we'll, that will help. That will cause us to feel more spiritual. But look at verse 17. It says, and if children, then heirs of God and join heirs with Christ. Don't, don't we love talking about being joint heirs with Christ? Don't we love talking about the fact that everything that's Christ is ours? I like talking about that. But do you realize when we say everything, we mean everything. And look what it says. It says, we're joining us with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. Jesus experienced some suffering, didn't He? Jesus went through some hard times and we might go through some of those same things. Jesus was hated by people. Sometimes we're hated. Jesus, you know, He suffered and died, and sometimes Christians even suffer and die for their faith. Sometimes we suffer with Christ. In verse 18, it says, "...for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us." So, And then uh, go ahead and turn over to Mark chapter 4, verse 16. Mark chapter 4, verse 16 says, "...and these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the Word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time afterward when affliction or persecution ariseth for the Word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns such as hear the Word. So right here, we see that persecution, suffering, it will sometimes cause you to not feel real spiritual. We see here in this parable that Jesus talked that Jesus gave that there were some they received the word but it was on stony ground and as a result of that when the troubles came their way it kind of, it, it stopped them it caused them to be offended it wasn't what they expected it wasn't what they thought many people when they get saved they think this is going to make my life easier but you know what we don't the first thing you teach people isn't about the struggles of the Christian life. It's not about the trials and the tribulations that come. You know, we're talk, we talk about sin and about Jesus Christ, and you learn about that other stuff later. And many times, people when they get saved and all of a sudden they get persecuted for it, it, it offends them. I've seen this before too. Sometimes you you can witness to somebody and you give them the plan of salvation, and they haven't learned yet that it's the Holy Spirit that draws a person to salvation. They haven't learned yet. It takes some time. They haven't learned that the reason they got saved was not because they went looking for God, but because God came looking for them. They haven't learned that yet. They don't understand yet how the Holy Spirit works in that situation. And what ends up happening, boy, they receive the Word gladly. I mean, boy, they get it. They are enlightened. They understand it because the Holy Spirit did that for them. And they get saved, and then they go, and I'm going to go tell my friends and my family about this. They're all going to get saved. And then they go and they tell their friends and their family about it, and they get persecuted. 
They get mad at them. They laugh at them. You know, they'll call, you know, they'll call them names. And they will not believe them and it blows their mind. What's going on? I receive this. You know, am I a simpleton? You know, am I just gullible? Am I easily influenced? And they get that persecution. And wait, why am I going through this? I thought my life was going to be better when I got saved. And here I am. I'm being persecuted. People are making fun of me. You know, and then, or maybe the devil will bring some circumstances their way. Maybe they'll end up losing their job. You know, I mean, who knows what kind of bad thing might happen? They might get bad news, find out they have cancer or something. Lord, what is going on? This isn't what I thought it was going to be. And they're not feeling real spiritual anymore. You know, I don't, I don't feel like going to church today. I don't feel like reading my Bible. I don't feel like doing the things that a Christian should do. I don't feel like walking in the Spirit. I don't feel like trying to please God right now. Nothing seems to be working. And the truth is that when you get saved, we're joint heirs with Christ and sometimes we suffer with Christ. And now, once again, what did Paul say here? For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. While suffering it can cause, you know, while it can cause us to not feel real spiritual, it doesn't have to stay that way. But once again, we have to learn these things, don't we? Paul understood this. Paul had Paul had the faith to accept that even when he was suffering, he knew it was it was a small price to pay. You know, you and I, we would we would be willing to do some suffering if we knew the payoff was good enough. I mean, you know, I would probably I've broken bones. I mean, just I hate hearing about broken bones. I'm scared of breaking a bone. But you know what? I'd let you break my arm for a million dollars. The payoff would be worth it. That would be painful, but I'll get over it. I'll wear a cast for about six weeks, and then I've got a million dollars. So you know what? Who cares about the broken arm? I don't know why I picked a broken arm. I don't like the thought of that, but I'd do it. You offer me a million dollars, you can break my arm. All right? You got to prove to me you've got it, though. But anyway, but that's how it is with the things that we go through. God doesn't always tell us and let us know for sure what the payoff is in eternity. He wants us to have faith. But you know what? Anything that you are going through in your life, God sees what you're going through and He knows it's going to be worth it. While we might be feeling sorry for ourselves, God's not feeling sorry for us. He knows that it's the payoff is going to be worth it. You know, Jesus Christ, He understands what He's going to inherit. He understands that we're joint heirs. And if we have to suffer a little bit, it is a small price to pay. It is no big deal. It isn't something we ought to even think about. Something we shouldn't, you know. I mean, just imagine if you, you know, how you would feel if you went and you maybe just did a little job for somebody. You mowed somebody's yard for them and it took you about an hour to do it. And, you know, they paid you $10,000. Well, you're going to feel two different ways. You're going to feel kind of bad. $10,000? I didn't hardly do anything. But at the same time, you're going to feel pretty good because you got $10,000. And that's how it is with the suffering that we go through in this life. We're going to get paid off great for it. Jesus talked about you know those who have sacrificed things on earth, they're going to receive a hundredfold in the kingdom of God. So it is no big deal. And you know, if I was going to pay you that much to mow my yard and it's a hundred degrees out and I see you out there sweating and toiling away, I'm not going to feel sorry for you. You're going to get paid off good. That's why I don't feel sorry for football players when they're playing football in you know below zero weather. And that's why I don't feel sorry for them when they're getting tackled by these big, huge guys 
they're getting paid a lot of money for that. So you know what? I don't feel sorry for them. Oh, but what about all these concussions these guys are getting? I don't feel sorry for them. I get a concussion for a million dollars. I do it for that much money. You can go ahead and give me a concussion. As long as I know I'm going to survive, I'll do it. And it's, it's not even to be, you know, why, why do we even factor that in? Why do we feel bad for them? Well, you know, boo-hoo. You know, they can go, you know, they're cold today. They can go tonight in their, you know, massive, well-heated mansion in front of their big old fireplace with their, you know, big electric blanket. I mean, they're going to be fine. They're getting paid off great for it. I don't feel sorry for them. And that's how it is with us. God knows what's coming our way. And he doesn't, he's not feeling sorry for us when we're suffering a little bit in this earth. It's worth it. We're going to be glad when we stand before him one day. But at the same time, right now while we're going through these things, we see those things might not make us feel real spiritual. They do cause some people to be offended. And that's why Jesus said, blessed are they who are not offended by me. Jesus knew that the Christian life would cause some people to doubt and it would cause some to trip and to fall. But those who stayed faithful, those who kept on going, they were going to be blessed. They were going to be taken care of. But many times, people in their Christian life, they're dealing with problems. They're going through difficulties. Maybe they're going through you know, physical problems in their life. Maybe they've got you know, mental problems. Maybe they've got family problems. Whatever it is. And it can cause you to not feel real spiritual. Those things can cause you to get in the flesh and say, you know what, I just don't feel like being a Christian today. I don't feel like I am a Christian today, but it doesn't change what you are. And we just got to, when those things come, that's where we have to have faith. That's where we've got to have that attitude of faith and say, you know what, this stinks. I don't like what I'm going through. But you know what? I'm going to stay faithful because I believe the Word of God. We've got to learn to trust the Word of God over our emotions, over our feelings. We've got to learn to do that. And it said many times with salvation, it's based people base it on their feelings. Do you know you're going to heaven today? Well, yeah, today I do. But then tomorrow, when some trouble comes there, well, I'm not so sure anymore. Well, why aren't you sure? Well, I'm going through this in my life. I've, I've messed up this area. I've got this problem. I've got that problem. Okay, but then now let's talk to them on the day when they know they're saved. Well, you know what they usually say? I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe His Word. But you know what? We, it's, it's funny how we can have so much faith one day and almost none the next day. How we can read the Word of God one day and we can claim the promises of it and then the next day we're doubting it. What is it that changes? It's those circumstances in our life. It's those troubles. But you know what? Jesus warned us about those things. He told us they were coming so we wouldn't be offended. We don't have any excuses, but no matter what, because of this flesh that we are made out of, you will feel these things. You will feel like, you know, not being a Christian. You'll feel like maybe you're, you know, you're not saved. You'll feel, you know, you won't feel like a child of God. And so we've got to, we've got to, that's where we've got to just cling to the Word of God. Also look at verse 19. Says, for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Okay, the creature that's talking about here, it's talking about us. Okay, we're one of God's creatures. We're we're one of His creations. And this body that we have, this physically speaking, this creature, it's pretty bad. Okay, we've seen a lot of scriptures before this about how it's it's very prone to sin, and it's waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. 
we want to see... I'm anxious to see the finished result. Okay? We were talking a little bit about, you know, New Year, everybody's into exercising, right? Uh, at the beginning of the year. And, you know, everybody who exercises, they've got this image in their mind of what they want to look like. Alright? You know, and we've all, you know, we're all thinking, you know, this is what, well, this is what I want to look like. This is what I see. And you start exercising, but what, you find out that doesn't happen very fast, does it? It is an extremely slow, painful process. And you go and you mean you work out hard for a month. And you diet for a month. And you still don't look like Mr. Universe after it's all said and done with. And it's like, I can't wait any longer. And so what do you do? You give up. Or you try to cheat. You know, you start taking steroids or something like that. You know, you know that, that, that's what a lot of people do. And that's what happens in the Christian life. We are waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. You know what? I'm sick of having all the problems that I have. I'm sick of not feeling spiritual. I'm sick of not being a very good Christian. I want to be more like Christ. But what is it we keep seeing when we look in the mirror? We keep seeing this. You know, it, it, it's not something that, you know, that final result isn't something we're going to see until Jesus Christ returns, until the rapture. We're waiting for it, but it's hard to wait. Uh, we, it's, some, it's hard to be patient sometimes, but we are. We're waiting for that manifestation of the sons of God. I can't wait to see what I look like when I'm like Christ. I can't wait to feel what it feels like when I'm like Christ. I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see what you all look like. When you are just like Christ, how much is it going to change us? You know, what is, you know, people, what are we going to look like when we're in heaven? In my personal opinion, I think we are going to look exactly the way we would look had we never sinned. So how much is that going to change our appearance? Well, probably quite a bit. And just so, you know, imagine that. Think about that. I am anxious to see that. What is it going to feel like to have no desire to sin? What is it going to feel like to be perfect? What is it going to feel like to have nothing physically wrong? To have no pain? What's that going to feel like? I don't know. Especially when you're sick, you're in a hurry for that, aren't you? Some of you might be dealing with some pain right now and you're thinking, you know, I'd really like to get to that point real soon because I'm tired of this pain. And those things, those physical problems that we have, they can cause us to not feel real spiritual. It says in verse 20, For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willing, but by reason of him who has subjected the same to hope. Because the creature itself also shall, uh, for the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to with the redemption of our body. We're waiting for that. Right now, we only have the first fruits. We have the earnest payment that Jesus made. He gave us His Spirit that dwells inside of us. He gave that as proof that He was, he was serious. That when He said that He was going to save us, and our saving process isn't done. I'm secure. I'm on my way to heaven, but I still have a sinful body. He gave when Jesus when I called on the Lord for salvation, He gave me the first fruits of it. He gave me the Holy Spirit, and that guarantees me that one day my body 
will be like Christ. One day, He will save my body. I have that proof. I have that guarantee that I will be like Him someday because He gave me the Holy Spirit. He gave me the earnest payment. He gave me the first fruits. But in the meantime, I am still in this corruptible body, aren't I? And there's a groaning that takes place. I, you know, I want to be clothed with that heavenly body. I, there's, and so, you know, I'm still in that corruptible body that is prone to sin. And there are many things in this body that will make us not feel real spiritual. For example, pain. Okay? You know, how many of you just headaches make you more pleasant? You know, headaches usually make you more of a pain in the neck, don't they? You know, nobody wants to be around you when you have a headache. Why? Because you're meaner when you have a headache. You know, you're, you've got more of an attitude. You have much more of a sin problem, don't you? Why? Because that pain is causing you to focus all your attention on your mortal, corruptible, sinful body, isn't it? And pain can make you not feel very spiritual sometimes. You got, and so you got to recognize that on those days when you're not feeling very Christian, when you're not feeling very spiritual, sometimes it's because of pain. And that's where you just got to have faith and say, Lord, I'm not feeling it today. Lord, I really feel like my wife deserves to get told off like never before today. And I could do it today because I'm that bad and I don't care. I'm in that much pain. But you know what? By faith, I'm not going to do that. By faith, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. And and it feels terrible. Have you ever done the right thing and it felt terrible? Okay, I, I, that's been, I've been there before where I did the right thing. Now, eventually it feels good. Eventually you're glad you did it. But at the time it didn't feel good. And how many of you before have you ever did the wrong thing and it felt great at the time, but then later you felt terrible? Uh, that's just the way it works. And so that's where faith comes in. We, we walk by faith and not by sight. We have to do that because we're in this mortal, corruptible body that doesn't feel like doing the right thing all the time. Pain will do that. Emotions, okay? Emotions are a part of our sin nature. It's part, a lot of the emotions that we have, it's a part of our body. What's going on in our body, physically, it plays in to our emotions, okay? For example, when you're in pain, your emotions aren't real good. You're not real happy during that time. And our emotions get us in trouble all the time. Our emotions will keep us from feeling real spiritual. It's easy, you know, and it's, it's amazing the things that can affect our emotions. Even music can affect our, just music. And when you're in church, and when you're around the people of God, and when you're singing the praises of God, and you're hearing, you know, some of those songs, it can get you feeling pretty Christian, can it? It can get you feeling pretty spiritual. I mean, you can hear a message sometime, you know, preaching against sin and just staying close to Jesus. And boy, you're just like, man, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be spiritual. I'm ready to be a good Christian. But then you walk out of here. You're not around the people of God anymore. You don't have a preacher yelling Scripture at you anymore. You don't hear the music anymore. And all of a sudden, your emotions change. All of a sudden, you, yeah, you know what I was praying about and telling God when my emotions were on a high? I'm not feeling that way anymore. And we and people make you know a lot of times people make commitments in church and they'll make decisions and then later you know they'll say well it was an emotional decision well that's that's irrelevant here's the question was that decision right if it was right for you to do that who cares what your emotions were then and who cares what your emotions are now those don't matter emotions we can't trust them because they they're they're part of this corruptible 
body. No, the motions and body are different. That's a lie. I can prove it to you. All i got to do is kick you in the shin and watch your emotions change towards me. I can give you a hug and you might feel loving towards me. I kick you in the shin, you're going to be feeling some hate right then. Why? Hate. We all know that hate's wrong, but you know what? Tell somebody not to hate when they're in agony from somebody kicking them in the shin. Okay? What changes? It's our body that does that type of thing. So, and just our sin nature. A part of our sin nature that we inherited from our parents that can be traced all the way back to Adam. These are physical things that work against us spiritually and they're always going to be around. They're not going to go away. And they will cause you to not feel real spiritual. Lust. Okay? Not all lust is bad. You know, there, you know, we lust after food. You know, there's nothing wrong with lusting after food. But the, why, why do we lust after food? What is it? It's our body. Our body wants that. And our body, it sometimes wants things that it shouldn't have. Our body, you know, it, it naturally, it, it only lusts after the physical things. Your body, it can't lust after spiritual things. Your flesh cannot lust after spiritual things. And the truth is, if you have any desire at all for spiritual things, that's a good sign that you're saved. Because only the Holy Spirit can make you desire to have that. And if you have that desire, so you can lose it if you get away from God. And that's why we need to have that closeness. Backsliding will keep you from feeling spiritual. You know, the suffering, the spiritual suffering, not even so much the physical suffering. You know, spiritual suffering, hard times, difficulties, those will keep you from feeling spiritual. Your mortal body, the pain, the emotions, the sin nature, the lust. You know, and so we've got to learn to discipline our body. Through things, that's why we do things like fasting. Okay? Fasting physically doesn't make any sense. You know, fat, you know, denying your body food for a day, your body just doesn't cooperate with that. There is only one time, there's, there's only been a couple days I've ever gone without eating because I felt like it. And guess what was wrong? I was sick. I felt like throwing up. And so, my body didn't want to eat because of sickness. But you know what? When you're healthy, you never feel like that, do you? Who, who, feels, like, you know, who feels like just skipping lunch today? Just, just to prove our body who's boss. Uh, I'd rather eat lunch today. You know? no, nobody feels that way. But you know what? Sometimes, on purpose, you have to consciously make a decision. You know what? I'm tired of this body getting the victory over me all the time. I'm tired of not doing the things that I know I should do because I am a slave to this flesh. And so, you know what? I'm going to show who's boss. I'm going to punish it. No food for a day. I'm grounded. I'm going to ground my body. No food for a day. No soda for a week. No ice cream for a month. You know, whatever it is that your body, you know, desires after. Whatever, you know, and we're so used to giving ourselves our way in everything, and then we wonder why we can't do spiritual things. We wonder why we can't be a better Christian because we don't. Have, our body, there's no discipline at all. You know, doing right when you don't feel like it. We've got we've got to discipline ourselves. If we only, you know, how often would you come to church if you only came when you felt like it? That's what a lot. Of, that's the only time a lot of people go to church, and that's why a lot of people only go Christmas and Easter because they never feel like it. And you don't do it just when you feel like it. We don't give just when we feel like it. You don't do right when you feel like it. There's going to be times you're not, a lot of times you're not going to feel like it. Because your body 
never wants to do the things of God. And so you just got to learn discipline. We're doing it anyway. I don't feel like it. You know, we let our kids get away with that excuse. I don't, I mean, would you let your kids get away with that? It's like, I don't feel like going to school today. I don't feel like learning. Sorry. You know, that, that's not how we base these things. You're doing it anyway. And so, uh, look at verse 24. It says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is, not, that is seen is not hope for what a man seeth. Why did he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Okay? It's not hope if you can see it. It's right there. It's like, you know, I hope... It would be foolish for me to hope Brother Lonnie's going to be at church today. Why would I do that? He's here. Right now. I can see it. Why am I sitting around hoping for it? You know, we hope for the things that we can't see. And, we're, you know, it is a spiritual thing. And losing hope... Okay, we have the hope that we're going to be like Christ one of these days. That's called the blessed hope. People make the mistake of referring to the blessed hope as the rapture. But the blessed hope is the change that happens in our body that happens to be at the rapture. People like they look at the rapture as the blessed hope because I want to get out of here. But no, the blessed hope is I'm not always going to be sinful. I'm going to be like Christ one of these days. And that happens at the rapture. That is the blessed hope. And so, you know, turning your focus from Christ to yourself, it'll keep you from feeling spiritual. See, and, you know, yielding to the Holy Spirit, those are the things that make the difference. Those are the things that will make you a prayer warrior. It says in verse 27, because look at this. I want to be like Christ one of these days, but it's like, look at me. I have no hope. But no, we do have hope, because look what it says in verse 27. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. We, or I skip verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Not only do we get saved simply because of Jesus Christ, but we can be good prayer warriors not because of our flesh. How many have ever prayed for something before and you didn't really think that prayer was going to be answered? How many have ever prayed for something before and later you realize what I was praying for was the wrong thing? What I was praying for wasn't the will of God. Okay, We've all been there before. But you know what the Bible says? That our prayers are not dependent on how we feel during the prayer, how good we say the prayer. The Bible says we don't know how we ought to pray. So the Holy Spirit steps in and He helps our prayer. He's the one that it, He makes it a good prayer. You ever know, oh man, you know, I, I'm, I'm just not very good at praying. Well, you know, it's not, necess- it's not supposed to be an art form. Now, I do see some people in the Bible that made it an art form. The Pharisees, they like to stand up and say the long, fancy prayers that impressed everybody. But you know what? God didn't hear those prayers. He... He heard the one that was sincere. The one that had mercy on me, a sinner. And the truth is, when we pray, the Holy Spirit, He helps our prayer. He's the one that makes it a good prayer. And it's like, we don't even know what we really want and what our hearts really think, but the Holy Spirit does. And He helps our prayers. And yielding the Holy Spirit is what makes you a prayer warrior. Verse 29 says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. 
Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called. And whom He called, them He also justified. And whom He justified, them He also glorified. Allow God to change you. So that's the thing that we do. We try to change ourselves. We see all the new year, new you. All right, I'm going to get disciplined. All right, I'm going to fix myself. No, you're not. You know why it's not going to be a new year, you this year? Because it's still you. You're still you've got the same flesh that you had this year that you did last year, and so you're going to have all the same problems. The only one that can actually change somebody is God. He's the only one that can make a real difference in your life. And so, whatever you're struggling in, remember, God doesn't struggle with that. Think about that. It's the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us. It's Jesus Christ. We we give Him the credit for all of our salvation. We give the Holy Spirit the credit for keeping us saved. And we've got to let God change us. Why? Because we don't change very much. We might change a little bit. We can fix a few things in our life, but nothing that really matters. And whatever area you struggle in in your life, God doesn't struggle in that area. So why don't you let Him have control? Why don't you let Him take over? I'm not very good at this. You know, if you can't drive in traffic, you know, heavy traffic without getting road rage and you know running people off the road, then that's maybe I need to have your wife drive and let her do it because she maybe she doesn't struggle with that. And so it's like you know what I'm going to give somebody else the wheel right now because I can't handle this. And that's what we need to do with God. Say, Lord, I can't handle this. My flesh keeps getting in the way. I'm struggling with this too much. And say, Lord, you take over. And so uh, remember. That you have God's approval. Man's is irrelevant. I wish I had more time to talk about this, but it says in verse 31, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Okay? Well, I got a lot of people against me. But who cares? God is for you. So it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. You don't need man's approval, you only need God's. God has proven He will not hold back on anything you need. Verse 32, He that spared not His own Son. If He gave His Son for you, what would He not give? But delivered Him up for us all. How shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Christ's blood is all the proof that we need that we're saved. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. The proof that we are saved, it is in the blood of Christ. We need nothing else. And so Jesus Christ, He's our intercessor. We see in verse 34, Who is He that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. you all see that? I'm going to have to stop right here. But listen to what that's saying right there. Your flesh is terrible. Your flesh is going to keep you from feeling spiritual. It's going to keep you from doing the right thing if you're not careful. But the Spirit of God, if we could just learn to yield to that and stay close to God, we can have victory. But wait a minute. You know, I still have all these problems. I still struggle in all these areas. People are still able to point the finger at me. The Bible says, who is able to lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's not you. You're not justified by your works. You're justified by the blood of Christ. Jesus is making intercession in heaven for you. He's the one. He's already paid for your sins. The things that you mess up, He's taking care of those things. So why are we going to get so worried about those things? When we fail, why would we wallow in that failure? Jesus Christ makes intercession for us. We can still be victorious. 
Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can pluck us out of the hand of the Father. And we we see that all these promises that are wonderful promises, these are things that all go against our emotions sometimes. And that's where we've just got to have faith. Your body works against us in ways that just we can't even describe. But the key to feeling spiritual again, it's not by you following the law. Well, I'll start obeying all these things and I'll feel good again. I'll feel spiritual. But it, it, you know what it is? It's by going back to where you started. And where, when you, where you started when you got saved. When you got saved, you got saved by realizing, I'm a sinner. Lord, You saved me. And if you believed when you called on the name of the Lord and you got saved, if you believe on Him when you call on the Lord with a desire to be a better Christian, you think He's not going to help you? You better believe He's going to help you. And when you call, when Jesus saved you, okay, when you called on Him, do you get any credit for that? No. That was all Him, wasn't it? So when it comes to being a better Christian, who do we need to depend on? New year, new me, or Lord Jesus Christ? I'm going to depend on Him. I'm not going to depend on this body. In my flesh dwells no good thing. And if you're not feeling real spiritual, it's because you're focusing on this body. you got to get past that and you got to start focusing on the spiritual, focusing on Christ. Do like you did when you got saved. Just be dependent on Him. Rely on Him. Say, Lord, you know what? I don't feel like going to church today. My body doesn't feel like going to church today. But you know what? I'm going to depend on You. I'm going to do it anyway. I don't care how I feel. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm not going to let this body win. I'm going to do the things of the Spirit. Lord, I feel like punching my neighbor in the nose. But you know what? Lord, You said, you know, be angry and sin not. I don't feel like doing that. But I'm going to do it anyway. Lord, I feel like going to the Asian buffet this afternoon. But you know what? I'm going to fast just to show my body who's the boss. Oh, and your body's going to throw a fit. Let me tell you right now. It's going to throw, it's going to throw a fit. But say, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to walk in the Spirit. And those are the keys. And you, it, will, it will change how you feel if you do that. And you can be victorious. So with that, let's all stand together.